Hey yo, welcome to Beyond the Mat, where it's all about the things and stuff, it's like this and like that. Welcome to Beyond the Mat, where it's all about the things and stuff, it's like this and like that. Welcome to Beyond the Mat, where it's all about the things and stuff, it's like this and like that. This and like that. This and like that. Alright, here we go. This is it. I'm here with my friend Veda. And we're gonna do a waxing strip on her <laughs> armpit that I've never done before. I've never waxed anybody. I mean, I've waxed my arm a long time ago. And it hurt like a mother fluffer. Oh, I'm counting on you. Okay, here we go. So, you remember the technique? So I just take the little flap. Mm-hmm. And can I use both hands? Um, I think it's better if you use one. Right, but what if it like it slips out? Okay, not much so there. you definitely want to like, go. Can I use the corner a little bit? No, you definitely want to use the middle. Right. And have like your thumb across like this, and then over straight, straight, straight down. Right. Like your knuckles should almost be touching me the entire way down. Never veer away from the skin. Okay, but I'm gonna use my left hand because. It'll just make more sense. No. It's to, to go that way. No. Okay, go this way. Oh my god. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe deep. Okay. Breathe deep. Here, just own with me. Oh. Oh my god, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got this. You got this. Alright. I'm talking go. to myself. Oh, okay. Shit. <laughs> Here we go. Should I be on a better angle? Nope, that's good. But like, I feel like my fingers would be better, like this way, honestly do, to go straight down, because that feel like it's gonna slip right off. It's so, it's, it's paper, it's so slippery. <laughs> and then I keep drying my hands. Are you sweating? I'm sweating. It's not, it's not a good sign. Ooh, I'm nervous. <laughs> oh God. Okay. okay, here we go, here we go. Here we go, I'll do it though. Whew. Okay, remember, close, close, close. One, and two. Ah! <laughs> that didn't work at all. You gotta put it back on now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> that didn't work at all. It took off some. No, it didn't. Look. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Beyond the Mat audio podcast. If you're listening to this right now, you've already found out how to listen to a podcast. If maybe you're just hearing this at someone else's place or maybe on YouTube, you can also find this show and many like it on iTunes, Anchor.fm, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and Coming Spoon, Coming Spoon to Spotify. The double P there. Coming soon to Spotify. Yeah, we are making mad moves up in here, folks. Today's show is brought to you by the color purple and my favorite number three. Today's show is also brought to you by me, me and my wacky artwork. It's all for sale. Head on over to jcoleyoga.ca and scroll down to the bottom where you can find a link to my latest art collection. It's super simple. Click on the image you like, click on the size you want, 
Bada bing, bada boom, you're on your way to becoming a new owner of a beautiful piece of handmade artwork. If you want to bypass the credit card stuff, you can just email me. It's jay at jayconeyoga dot ca. Let me know what image you want and I will handle this all manually and we can do like an e-transfer and cut out all that middleman crap. This is what the internet was designed for. It was designed to cut out the middleman. And wow, I gotta tell you, there seems to be an endless supply of middlemen out there today. And it's almost like these companies, they come in and they prey off of people's fears of distrust in the world. So it's kind of like you send me the money, I send you the art. All it takes is for one idiot to mess this all up by not sending the art or not sending the money. And that's when you see all these companies stepping in like, okay, okay, okay. Now, look, you kids, you just let us handle all this money business, okay? We'll make sure that you get your money and we'll make sure that you get your artwork, okay? Oh, by the way, there's a small fee. And those slithering snakes squeeze and slide their way into what was once a beautiful, wild, wild west landscape, ruining a perfectly good thing. But they didn't take into account that old J. Cole would someday learn to trust others. And by trusting others, he himself, and by he, I mean me, I, myself, became trustworthy in the eyes of others. Because when it all comes down to it, if you don't trust anyone, you yourself become untrustworthy. It's kind of like how your own thoughts get reflected back at you through the world around you. So change your shitty thoughts and the shitty world around you will also change. We have an awesome show for you today. My good friend that I've known since like 1999, I think, maybe earlier, we go way back. This guy is a really funny, super talented comic, a comedian. He's been out there selling his jokes all around Canada lately, really making a name for himself. And you know what? I'm not just saying this because he's my friend, but he's actually really, really funny. I've been to his shows. You should all you should all definitely check out his shows if you see his name on the bill. Ladies and gentlemen, cats and dogs, children of all ages, make some noise for Martin Saunier. Welcome to the show, man. My new endeavor in the world of podcasting to uh, Beyond the Mat, which has to do with... Uh, Yoga. I've gotten into a whole yoga life since I've seen you last time. I was working at a nightclub last time we hung out, and I was doing stand-up comedy. Beyond the Mad, that sounds like a wrestling podcast. You know what? It used to be a long time ago. It used to be a boxing podcast, and it's been shut down since then. It's been shut down for a few years. So uh, now you're like, you know what? Let's make it about yoga instead. I'm like, let's Can't make it, it the same name. Let's make it about me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> how can I make this more about For me? How can I make this more about me? No, my little brother came up with this name actually when I graduated from yoga school. He just came up with it. He said, "Man, I got the idea for your next podcast, man. Beyond the yoga mat." And I was like, "I don't know. It sounds kind of silly." And at the time, I was like, "I don't really want to do a podcast. I'm teaching yoga, man. Like the fuck." Like, I have a whole new life. <laughs> but, you know, I can't sit still that long, man. Like, six months went by, and I was, like, getting the itch. and like, I got to do something. And so I started making Beyond the Mat 
into a YouTube series where I just kind of film myself saying weird, wacky shit, stuff that comes across my mind. And, uh, and you were showing people how to make toothpaste? Yeah, yeah. I'll show anything, mm-hmm. man. I'll film, I'll film my whole life. That was the other thing. Uh, I would love to film my whole life, like hire a cameraman to follow me around, but that's, that's not feasible right now. And uh, this is kind of the best, the best option. Because I have so many friends yes, and so, so many cool stories to share, which is ultimately what it comes down to. Regular people. Yeah, everybody, everybody has a cool story to share. Everybody says that. About yeah, themselves. Like every everyone has. You know, like least... that whole thing, like you said, like I, I wanted to make it about me somehow. Like <laughs> everybody has a cool story. Everybody wants to be listened to. Everybody, like, has like this desire to be the center of attention. That's why I do comedy because I have this desire to be the center of attention somehow. Yeah. I wasn't good at sports. I I, I sucked at him. I had to get something to get girls' attention, so you know what? Oh, like I, I can yes. do this thing, like make them laugh. I still don't have girls' attention, but <laughs> <Yeah>. still. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think comedy's quite quite the way no. to go. <laughs> yeah. No, no, like I, I, one of my opening jokes. I know I'm gonna burn it saying this, but whatever. Um, like the, I, I always say, like people ask me, "Oh, Marty, do you get a lot of women after shows?" And I do get that question all the time. Like, do you get have, get a lot of women after shows? I'm like, no. I get a lot of people offering me weed after shows. That's the kind of phase that I have. <laughs> like, the guy that gets all the girls after shows is the one... He's that comic who has, like, broad shoulders. And he's, like, six foot two. Yeah. Like, he would get the girls anyways. Yeah. Like, yeah. whether he do... Whether like, he was... comedy just helps him get, like, that extra girl. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, it's just that extra girl that he gets. The but, comedy... He's getting that comedy market down. That's what he's after. Yeah, he's like, yeah exactly. He's like, I got, I got the sports market. He's like, I got all the markets, man. I just need the comedy market now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's pretty much like, he's like, oh, well, like, which, which market did I didn't get girls from yet? It's kind of like me, like shopping for celery. Like, which market did I not get celery from yet? <laughs> he has like that option. Whereas I, I kind of don't. You know, after, after a while, the store would be like, yo, you bought all the celery, dude. Like, you can't keep buying all the celery. Save some celery for other people. I know it's on sale, but please just save some for other people. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the much. same thing. Like... It's the same thing with a, with a big handsome comic coming up on stage. I know, because I am yeah. that handsome comic. We're not, but... <laughs> I, know where, I know where all those girls are. Uh, Martin, Marty, they're they're my hotel after the show. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't see you make any videos on that, so that's where I'm calling your bullshit. <laughs> that's how I know you're lying. Oh, it's on the I've list now. That you're calling me out. You're ca- you're calling me out. That's it. Since I've seen those videos, there's nobody else's reflections in those mirrors. <laughs> like it's just like you alone in a room, like every time. So. Do you know? I'm calling your bullshit. Do you know how hard it is to find someone to hold a video camera? Man, you would think that alone would just be one of the easiest things. Like, hey, I need you to just stand here and hold this camera. And then I open my mouth, and then all this bullshit comes out. And I'm wearing wacky outfits. And then the person, because I don't get embarrassed, but the person holding the camera gets embarrassed on my behalf 
So they're standing there oh, feeling I saw like that. There, there was the one with you with the apron, and you were only wearing the apron. Yeah, <laughs> those are my Christmas cards. Yeah, 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 that yeah, one. Like, yeah, 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 the Christmas. Yeah, see, I'm not embarrassed, but usually my friend who I've roped into holding the camera, they get embarrassed for me. Like, do you just like not tell them what it's for, and then you get there, and then well, I'm here, I may as well like go through with it, not comfortable. Exactly. But, I, but That's, I'll do it. It's the only way to play that game, man. You just gotta kind of say, <laughs> "Hey, I need help with something with video related, real quick. Come help, come help me." And then they I'm show like, up. All right, cool. It's then, just like <laughs> doing yeah, they, this, and then they come there, and you're just wearing an apron. And I'm naked. And they're and like, you're Whoa, naked underneath okay. that apron. They come in. Well, first off, they come in the door. You were there. You answer the door with the apron, and then you turn around. <laughs> yeah, and then it's it's just bare bum from there. <laughs> to get to get the camera, and then you hand it to them. All right, here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> and then you just like. <laughs> and then you just say we're just gonna take a walk in the woods behind here that was and i need you to take pictures <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much like that's that's my whole game that's how i pick up the girls from stage yeah like that like right after a show that's all i say i'm just like look i need you to help me with a little something something over here help me that's the only way now in my old age that i can meet anybody i have to convince them that they're helping me with a project and then you know that's the same that's the exact same technique that pedophiles use <laughs> you realize that like they say like oh you just come here a moment you know? just helping me i you know what like it, it, it's it's okay if we take our shirts off as we do this help. loading wood in the basement thing help me. you know like real men they take your shirts off you, you know you're, you're a handsome guy and start rubbing your shoulders and they eventually like <laughs> you know it's called the, the knot <laughs> system you know like just you do like an extra uh, yeah but it's a uh, it's not with like it's not a pedophile though because it's usually these women are older than me these most, women that are like so most are you going them, like after like desperate 58 year olds most of them are, are a lot are older yeah yeah hey man when you get to a certain age that's when you know everything you've got all the skills you got like the technique down. You got, you oh, know, it's, it's just a wink and a whisper, and I'm good. You know, that's it. Nah, you don't I even think ha- you just appreciate seeing a butt cheek that's not sagging. I think that that's part of it too. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's what it is. Have you ever had? Have you ever? And I'll I'll admit it right now. Have you ever had a sugar mama? I've had a sugar mama. Have you ever had one? No. No, I have not. No. Oh, damn. No. So it sounds good, though. It sounds sweet. It you, sounds like you know. Here, here's what I'm picturing. It's somebody who's older, who is still has some mojo in them, and they're just so desperate to waste out all that rest of that mojo that they will buy you stuff to keep you there to do that. Is that? Am I correct? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, a lot of them, they have the mojo. They have all the mojo. In fact, this lady had more mojo than I had. And, and this is kind of, and it got a little weird because, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a solitary, independent individual. You know, I, I fly by the beat of my own drum. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even like to say that I'm a lone wolf. I'm more of a dingo because a dingo 
There's nothing that you can give a dingo. There's nothing a dingo wants. A dingo's like, no. I know you, I see that steak on a fishing line and you're trying to fish me in and catch me with a steak. I don't want your steak. I'll go get my own steak. That's what a dingo is. And I kind of identify like that. So this girl, okay. this girl was like, uh, she's like, oh, you can just live here and you don't have to do, you don't have to get a job. I don't want you to get a job. And I want you to just make music and just work on your music and your little bandmates can come over and you guys can build a studio here in the apartment and just work on music. And I'm like, fuck. And she's like, oh, by the way, she pulls out a mason jar, uh, a big one full of really good weed. She's like, here's the weed jar. Have all the weed that you want in the day. Here's some money. Here's like 60 bucks in case you got to buy something today. I'm like, fuck, all right, this is this is all right. And then it started. Okay. It was about a week into that. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I love it. It's great. Like, dude, just to paint a picture, I'm just going to start with you. How old was she? She was only uh, probably five to, like, five to eight years older than me. So it wasn't okay, a big... what did she do for a living? It wasn't a big thing. And she just worked at a bank. So she had just a really good job in a bank, but she was gone all the time. She's gone all day, every day. It, okay. was, it was like a big, uh, she was never home from, from working. And when she got home, though, it was like, all right, I'm home now. Like, daddy's home. Put your fucking toys away, and we're going to play my game now. And then it was like sexy time. And that was all right for a while. But I don't know if you've ever dated someone who... At first, you're like, God damn, she's so hot and so beautiful. And then after a little while, you start to just start to knit. You start to pick little things. You're like, oh, I didn't notice that tiny little cellulite dot before, you know, and, and it grosses you out. And you start to notice, yeah. you'll notice weird, oh, I didn't know you had a wrinkle above your left eye like that. Oh, that's fucking gross. So slowly, like the sexual attraction started to like melt away and it started to turn into a job and it started to turn into like this thing that I was like dreading doing. I'm like, Oh my God, we just fucked like every night this week and every morning this week. And she just wants to fuck again, like two or three times a night. And I'm exhausted and I'm just like, I don't even want to fuck anymore. I'm like, this, this sucks. And then the other and thing, she's starting to gross you up. And yeah, well I'm starting to see like oh, gross shit. So, because... How do you, I don't know, man. How do you keep your boner up when you don't, when you're not attractive to someone, when you're not attracted physically? How do you keep your boner going? And I know most guys are like, oh, you're a guy, it should just work. But I'm like, no, it doesn't. When the whole time you're looking down and you're like, oh, there's another, uh, I don't want to say another fat like, role. If you're a guy, you can a... say, yeah, you're a guy. If it's like a new girl. Like, let's say, like, every time, even though you're not that attracted to her, you can. But if it's the same one and she's disgusting you, then you're starting to take sex as a, a like, you say, like, as a chore, as this thing you don't like to do because you're giving pleasure to this other person and you're not enjoying it. Exactly. See, it has to go both ways. Exactly. And, yeah, it's... it's uh, Exactly. Like the defects on someone when you start to, like I, I always say about like this thing about a six, all right? A five or a six can become, depending on the personality, 
five or six can become an eight or a nine. Whereas a five and six can also become a three and a two. Right. Depending on their personality. See if they have like a grotesque personality, if they're a five or six, they're, they're going to go down a few notches. If they have a great personality, you're going to actually like notice only like, oh, you know what? Like the, the, the eyes are kind of beautiful. And like, and every time you see that person, you start to get more and more joy. Right. Even though they're not like your ideal physical person they actually do become that because you start associating right like their personality right you know because like in the end of the day like yeah the first thing when you start to go out with somebody the first thing is physical attraction always like as much as women say men are shallow women are shallow as well it's physical attraction at first but the long term is not the physical attraction the long term is emotional attraction and everything yeah the emotional attraction to the personality attached to that physical person man I'm, i'm glad you brought this up because this is like my huge beef with uh dating apps like tinder and and plenty of fish and and all this nonsense because it's a hundred percent based off of physical attraction only like I can meet someone who, yeah, I'm not really 100% physically attracted to her, but holy shit, we laugh and we get on really well and we just have the best time of our lives in like one, within like an hour of meeting someone and you're best friends right away. And it's like, wow, yeah. I don't even notice that you have like a little hook nose anymore. Like it doesn't even bother me. Whereas if this was on Tinder, I would see your hook nose and I'd be like, no fucking way I'm hanging out with a hook nose girl. All I'm going to focus on is the hook nose. But when the personality's there, the personality outshines the hook nose, and you don't even see it. And yeah, because you cannot, you so can't tell anything about a person with pictures. No hell no. Like I, the, I, I, no. I, like I don't know if you're like because I'll look at somebody's pictures on Facebook, okay? For example, and I can make my idea out of that of that person out of those pictures, and then I'll meet that person. And then I'll look at those pictures in a different light and I'll be able to tell more about that person, but it's because I met them. Now I can actually like put more of a background behind those pictures. Right. You know, like you'll judge somebody who is standing in front of a Mustang. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, like that's a douche with Mustang. And then you meet, meet that person and you notice like how they, they, they live pretty much like in in poverty their their whole life and then they started like they work really hard and they started this business and they have these people they hire and they take really great care of these people and then you'll see that person in front of that mustang as like a, a pride thing and you're happy for them yeah that they have that mustang you know like so it's you can always like paint like a different picture of a of a person I think we come from a generation, too, where things were way more put in a box. Things were way more, like, we had, like, our categories, right, of high school. There was skaters and jocks and preps and, like, uh, like greasy skinheads and yeah. the car guys who were right into cars. 
like yeah, there was and these. If, and if you were big, gay, you were not allowed to come out of the closet, or else you would get beat up. You would get like hell. Oh, your yeah. life would be <sighs> fucking hell if you came out of the closet. Yeah, you would never do that. You were not allowed to be yourself. But I think that like today, I've noticed through uh, talking with the youth of today that they don't do that like we used to do that we used to just put everybody in a box in a little hole and go that's where you belong like oh you're one of the losers go sit at the loser table you'll never get out of the loser table and if you're a jock you're always at the jock table and you're never going to get to be a loser at the loser table or you'll never get to be whatever you'll never get to leave your group that you're in and the way that we grew up Looking at life that way, we continued along that path as we got older and moved into our adult life. And it's easy for us to just look and have all these judgments. And it's easy for us to look and see, uh, you know, I see like a hip hop looking kid who's got like the twisted, the twisted sideways hat and baggy jeans and a bandana and everything like that, you know. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know everything about you. I could walk over and I could bust out and have a conversation about some shit. But in reality, in today's day and age, that kid might have just said, oh, I'm doing rapper style today. Tomorrow I'm going to do goth and the next day I'm going to do jock and the next day. Like now it's a scene. Now it's an outfit in your your wardrobe. So now you just kind of like go and you look in your closet and you're like, which one am I going to be today? And everybody's totally well, okay yeah. with it, and everyone's cool with that, it, and everybody yeah, switches. That's the thing. Like, I do, I do some shows in some schools, and um, basically, I've noticed like, like it was a couple times I was like locked out of the theater, and I had to walk over to the principal's office to get the theater unlocked. Yeah. For me, and I had to like it was like during lunch hour, so I had to walk like it. It just brought me back through high school, like walking through all through those students. I felt like so freaking small, and I'm. Um, <laughs> But then, but looking like at, like the, like when I walked through the cafeteria and you saw like the, what looked to be like popular people sitting with like what looked to be like the geeks and like, and just like this mix, like this eclectic mix of tables. To me, it was just like so wonderful to see because it's, it means like, You've got, you still got your clicks, no matter what. You'll always have, like, nobody's going to be friends with everybody. That's absolutely impossible. That's right. You still got your groups. But it wasn't like, oh, you're a geek, so I can never be friends with you. It, 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 that That's pretty much all over. Yeah. That's over. It's like, okay, like, you're, you're a person that I basically can find. I can have a lot of great conversations with you. I'm going to have you, I'm going to be your friend. And then this next person is like, eh, I have conversations with you. They're not interesting, so I'm gonna be more friends with this other person than like ten of you will like eventually like find. And that's uh, that's what I'm seeing. It's more about it's more about that lately, and you can you can be more yourself. And I see like a lot of students like really being yourselves more, and that's to me like absolutely beautiful. Yeah, like yeah, sure, like kids, because like every generation is going to have something, find something wrong with the previous generation. Like, oh, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, yeah. And, like, our generation are all saying, like, oh, look, the, they're raised with the internet and iPads and iPhones. Yeah, but then they have all these, these stuff, like, yeah, great. But they also have, like, access. Like, the ones who are lazy are becoming extremely lazy. 
Yeah. But the ones who are motivated are learning at 10 times the pace that we were back in the day. And they're using that technology to their benefit. Well, think about this too. Think about how much time we had to dedicate to just to memorize. We had to memorize, memorize, and then go in and do a test and try and get it all out that you memorized. And then you could forget about it for the rest of your life. But that kids time isn't being taken up anymore with learning to memorize. Now all you got to know is where to find it. So you just got to know how to properly use a search engine. You just got to know how to determine what is a fake news site from a real news site. You need to be able to, to determine shit like that. That is becoming the new skills of life is being able to differentiate the bullshit from what is real online. So your head isn't yeah. jam-packed with all this useless knowledge for no reason, which is kind of cool. And I think the whole future of the school industry is going to be revolutionized pretty soon because in the past, it was always uh, the whistle blows. Woo! Now you know when to go get in line. The whistle blows again. Oh, it's your lunch break. Lunch break's over. Another whistle bro- blows. Oh, now you now you can go to the washroom. You know, and it's all about keeping people in line, keeping them in these, like, you know, just in a row. The fact that we all sit in a desk in a row in front of each other, like another lineup. Uh, it just prepares yeah, you. Well, it, just like I was, because um, I, w- I was in uh, Montreal this week, I was staying at a friend's and uh, at a friend's place. And his kid had a school assignment to do, and he had to do a vlog. Like, as a school assignment about whatever subject you wanted, but he had to do a vlog. And I was like, wow. Like, school assignments are so different <laughs> from the stuff that we had to do. Yeah. Like, man. man and, and it's like, yeah, it is moving moving towards the future. Like, our generation, remember, like, our parents basically bitched at us that we were wasting time on the Nintendo. Yeah. And now there's, like, a bunch of jobs in that sort of field. Yeah, there's like a lot of money to do in that in that stuff. Yeah, but they couldn't and they couldn't see that coming either. They just saw kids playing games as a waste of time, and that we got to get back to yeah. real life, regular life. Those kids are going to have a wake up call someday, and then the wake up call never came because we got older and we made those into jobs. We are the reason why video games is a job. It's because we wanted. Yeah, but it to if be. you go if you go further. To like baby boomers, like their parents bitched at them because they read books, yeah, and listened to records, yeah. You know, like that was the big thing. That, that like, and now it's just like, oh, like I wish people would watch TV like the good old days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like as a family. <laughs> but no. meanwhile, like fifty years ago, that was like people are wasting their time watching as a family watching tv you know Uh, like it's what do you it's just there's what do you think the next thing is going to be i think it's going to be nanobots i think we're going to be a bunch of gray-haired old men look at you kids with your nanobots i don't understand it i think that's what's next i I think we have no idea what it's going to be because back when you were a kid did you see cell phones and internet being what it is today no you you didn't you know that's what took over and the generation before they didn't see the nintendo coming no you know and this and before that they didn't see the color tv coming you know it's it's all 
It just keeps it's going. It's all, yeah, it just, it just keeps going and going, and it's, it, it always does a thing, because there's, like, at first, there was, like, a level playing, you know, like, everyone was on the same level, and then when something comes out, like, it kind of divides, whereas it's beneficial in one way and not beneficial in the other. Right. And then it just, like, keeps... It keeps doing that. It just goes, I think, extremely beneficial to extremely unbeneficial. You know, whereas, like, there's intranet, that's great because you can find so much stuff, but 80% of it is porn. Yeah. So, you know, like, there's, like, that weird thing. It gets it gets to a point, too, where uh, they're making they're making money off of it, but then they're like, how can we make more money off of this? How... How can we make it like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, it's the wild, wild west of the internet back in the 90s. And I feel like the wild, wild west is over now. Like there was that race. There was that rush of everybody just scrambling and going, what is this thing? And how do we use it? And how is this going to change our life? And we have no idea. We don't even know yet. Way before Facebook, like 10 years before Facebook. And we had no idea what we were doing. And then it all. Here's kinda... my thing, though, about technology today versus the one from before. This is my old main rant. But like before, they work out the bugs on on something. They just come out with a new one already that has that that doesn't work properly yet. Yep. You just keep doing that just to make money. Just keep coming out with it. Like back in the day, like you know, you worked on a toaster, on the technology of a toaster until that toaster was you could eventually buy an unbreakable toaster yeah. like there's some people still using some toasters from the 1950s okay mm. that are yeah. out there the like, technology hasn't that, really changed in a toaster that, but, too much you know like it, but there's i i think like there's some stuff like a computer okay like you buy a computer after two years it's obsolete you need to dish out another thirteen hundred dollars to do what like to buy a computer that does the exact same thing that the computer you bought two years ago does right and that's okay, kind of like, that's the game that they're playing now though that is the new game see before it was just a race and a rush to get oh i have a new processor oh i have a bigger hard drive and it was to try and get the bigger and the best thing and now that race isn't happening they already have the next like 10 years worth of processors and hard drives already figured out they're like but we're gonna slowly release it to the public whereas in the 90s it was like as soon as they were making it they were like get it out there get it out there and now they've kind of held back now they're holding off on what they have so they can market it and slowly release it and make more money off of it that way by handing it out in smaller little chunks yeah and meanwhile they force you to buy some because they like they need like a forced update that all it does, it just makes YouTube and Facebook slower. That's it. So eventually, you just lose your shit, and you just buy a new one. You're like, oh my god, this thing is fast. Look, I can load the web page really quick, and then that exact same web page in two years is going to be loading slow again because of automatic updates. Yeah, and you know, and stuff like that. You know, it's it just figures out what you use the most, mm. and it just makes that thing slower so you buy a machine to do the exact same thing it did two years previously so you were in like Mon you were you were in montreal eh what were you what were you doing you doing some jokes i was doing some comedy shows yeah. nice nice uh where were you playing at 
in Montreal? Uh, I was in a comedy contest. I made the finals but didn't win in Pointe aux Trembles. And then I did Comedy Nest. And then I did uh, a few pub shows. And uh, I was in a big one in Bois des Filiens. Mm. And then I finished with, uh, right after Bois des Filiens, I just drove to uh, the Bordel Comedy Club, do a showcase there. Yeah. For the one that uh, actually books the comics to, like, want to show my stuff. Because I eventually want to do paid shows there. And then, like, drove back here. So I was there a week. I did seven in six days. Holy shit. It's, it was mostly, like, uh, showcasing, doing big comedy workout and, like, uh, and showing my stuff and doing those uh, couple gigs. Yeah. You know, obviously, when I go there, I don't really come up ahead in money. But it's mostly to, like, if eventually, it's it's like, ad- let's say it's advertising. You're advertising. Yeah, it's basically. mostly like to go there and advertise myself. If eventually I move there, well, then I have all these contacts. Right. Uh, I went there. I made an impression pretty much uh, most places that I went. So, uh, no, no, I made an impression every place I went. Mo- I Montreal is like places. Montreal is the capital of Canada for comedy, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. So a lot of people say Toronto. That's if you're English, go to Toronto. But if you're French, right, go but, to Montreal. If you're bilingual, Montreal is even better. But like even big names, when I listen to like big name podcasts, like they always talk about Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. No one ever says like, oh, I'm going to Vancouver or oh, I'm going to Toronto. Like no one ever talks about it. But they get this joy in their heart. They're like, oh, we're, yeah, we're going to Montreal. And like, what? Yeah, I'm because- like, what? Basically, Montreal, what I say about Montreal, it's kind of like Japan with sumo wrestlers. Sumo wrestlers outside of Japan, they're basically just a huge 400-pound Chinese guy. That's all he is, okay? Yeah. But in Japan, it's a big celebrity, right? right? Comedians in Montreal, they're pretty much like sumo wrestlers, like the big ones. Like, obviously, like, nobody was, like, throwing, like themselves at me in montreal you know i'm still an amateur comic over there uh but as soon as you start to make it in montreal you're essentially a sumo wrestler like you can just basically get gigs within montreal for a while you 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 can travel here and there but like in montreal you're you can make so much money especially in the french circuit like uh, if you look at comedians like uh, louis jose and mike ward uh, they make probably like more money than the most famous English comedian in Canada. Right, because they get both. Yeah, ex- well, no, like just in the French circuit. Like just in the French. Simply like Louis José wow. makes more money, I'm sure, than any English comedian in Canada. Crazy. Like I, I don't know. I can't tell that for a fact, but I'm almost sure of it. And he only does it in French. Wow. So it's Man. like uh, just to, just like how big this guy is. Like he did a show at the Capitol Theater in Moncton, right? And it was the only advertise was a Facebook advertise a week before. That a was week it. before the tickets went on sale. That's what it was. Not a week, but a week before the tickets went on sale. So just a Facebook advertise. That's all it was. No posters. No nothing. Right. Right. A Facebook advertise. The show sold within minutes, single digit minutes. What? All right, sold out. <laughs> they added another one. 
the other one sold within minutes as well. Like that's how crazy it is. So everyone clearly knows who he is. He said because we he actually came on a podcast and he said Moncton's the weirdest place because you know like there's a lot of English people in Moncton as well. He said the show will sell out in minutes, but I go outside and um <laughs> nobody recognizes me. <laughs> so it's the weirdest thing but like but like in the french circuit like everybody knows who he is everybody yeah that's gotta be like good and bad i mean i would love it's nice to have that fame when it's the time for the time and place for the fame so like yeah you're on uh-huh. stage that's the time and place maybe after the show that's the time and place but then you want to go you want to go uh, smoke a joint outside. That's not the time and place anymore. You don't want, you know, all the attention. You want to go get a slice of pizza after the show. That's kind of like the time and place that you don't want all the attention. Like there's a time and place. Yeah, and it would see, be cool. like he might be like overly recognized, like when he's like walking out pretty much anywhere in Quebec, right? Right. Like he like might not be recognized by absolutely everybody, but I'm sure like maybe one one out of two or three people will recognize him, which is a lot, you know. And um, you know, you, you want that kind of like celebrity thing. To, I think the best one. This is just like my non being a celebrity ish. Uh, is I think the best one is. People recognize you on the posters and at your shows, so like you get like hardcore fans. Right. But then when you go out in the general public and you go to like a pizza delight, pretty much nobody recognizes you. No. At all. Like that. That might be like the best. Like the best thing. You know, you can still live. You live a nice, comfortable life. Yeah. Whereas, like, you can go to the store eventually like people here and there and there will recognize you but you're when you're walking through public like people are not yelling your name right um i don't know man i think i think you're hilarious like you're like super funny like every comedy show that i've ever played with you like you were the funniest one out of everyone and oh, thank you. That, a, that was a long time ago when it was like super amateur. <laughs> hey, it's so fun. Like it, I'm, I'm sure you're like a hundred times better. But like, even even back then, I was like, okay, like Marty's for real. Like you know, you know people who are going up there and they're just kind of screwing around. But then you can tell like people who are serious, and you can tell right away. And the way that I can yeah, tell, like the people who are tell, taking it seriously, yeah. The, the yeah, way that I, I... I know what you mean, because I see, like, a lot of, like, new comics, like, uh, in Moncton starting up, because I, I run a couple uh, of rooms, like, one more regularly, and, um, like, I, I love having the new people, but I can always tell, like, which ones are, like, super serious in it, and even, even if they're not, like, like, they're not doing that well every time, but they have, like, a good joke here and there. When I see in their face, when they recognize they have a good one, and they recognize when they don't have a good one. Yeah. And they just keep coming up every time. I'm like, that person has potential. Because that person is, like, has self-awareness and is working on it. 
And right. I, I think that's a big thing. It's like the seriousness of it, it takes two things. I think seriousness and self-awareness. If you don't have any self-awareness, it's uh, it's it's going to be really tough for you. And man, um, that was tough for me because like I was literally staying at home and trying to perfect a five minute so that I knew it inside and out. And then I would go do that five minute after I perfected it. But I would never in a million years try and perfect it in front of people. Like that shit was done in the privacy of my own home through thousands and thousands of takes. And I would just practice over and over, just get this five minute. I still do that. I still do that. If I'm on my way to a gig, like I, I get some people. Oh, you, you want company? Like, let's say I'm doing a gig in St. John or something like that, okay? Mm. And uh, sometimes people will say, "Oh, like, do you, would you like company?" And like, <coughs> if it's just somebody like coming along for the ride, it's not a comedian. I'd be like, I'd rather not because <laughs> I just all I do on the drive there is I just say my set over and over and over in the car, no music playing, nothing. Yeah. I just say it in the car and I'll like throughout the day, like I'll just be like walking throughout the house and just like saying it over and over and over and over. And sometimes it's stuff that I've done already, like maybe 50 times, but I'll still say it over and over and over just I was... so that I know I don't <coughs> slip out. I was... And I do that in front of the mirror. I'll videotape myself alone in the house and you Oh, I still do that, like, all the time. The, and I'm extremely nervous, like, on the, the open mic nights. Because when I do open mic, I only try brand new stuff. Right. That's all I want to do, is try brand new stuff. And I'm extremely nervous, and then I'm, like, for, like, two days straight, I'm just, like, saying my set over and over, and I'm changing things, moving things around... Uh, all the time that's and then yeah. at the end of the set i know what worked what went wrong and sometimes i'll do it again and what worked won't work again like that happens all the time but it's all about you gotta do the work at home but you gotta get on that stage so it's a big combination of both for me not everybody works the same way some can actually just go up there unprepared and they'll fucking kill every time yeah and if they have something prepared and you do it word for word it doesn't quite work for them so like i'm kind of jealous of that one because there's like less work involved but myself i cannot do that i absolutely can't it has to be like pre-prepared and then if i'm like super confident if i know exactly what i'm gonna say then i can go off script and come back Right. And but that that part, like the going off script and coming back, that part comes with a lot of practice. So it's a big yeah. thing about doing both, really. Yeah. So like, um I know my shit was like so technical that it was right down to the word that if I leave out one word, it's not gonna make sense. If I miss one beat, one heartbeat, if that's missing the whole thing is going to be fucked and it's not going to make sense. The joke's not going to come around. And that's the shit that, uh, I, that, I, I, yeah, that I struggle with. I know with. exactly that. I've done, I've had a set that I've been doing for like three years and I've added some heartbeats to it and removed some and now it's even better. 
Yeah. You know, like, and you just, like, do it like those little tiny adjustments make a whole world difference. But they can throw you, they can throw you off, too. So, like, let's say, you know, you go make that little change, but you memorized it the other way, and then it comes time to do it, and you're like, as the word, you know, you're on stage, the words are coming out of your mouth, but then in the back of your mind, your mind is thinking like, oh, that change is coming up somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where it is. Was it on the next word coming up? And your body is still standing there and you're still saying jokes and people are laughing. But then in the background, your mind is still having a separate little conversation. Yeah, you're, you're two sentences ahead as you say that one sentence. Oh, that's happened to me all the time. And that... You're, you're just like, you're thinking ahead. That, man, and that right there is what they call flow state. You'll hear it talked about... Or- Thinking about that thing you just missed two sentences ago. Yeah. Like that's happened to me like her side on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah, that that happens all the time. And the best way to get rid of that is just to like go on stage and do it as much as you can until and do it as at home too as much as you can. You gotta do both. You really gotta do both. But you'll do it more at home if you're more on stage. Because, like, I will practice like crazy the two days before. But if I have, like, nothing for a week, like, those first, like, few days before that show coming up. Yeah. Um, I might be, like, typing words, but I don't, I won't be rehearsing in front of the mirror, like, perfecting it as much as I should. Right. Like, I'll be, like, really in front of the mirror, like, those two to three days before. And is there an actual comedy club now where you live in, in like Moncton uh, or anything? Is there an actual... In Moncton? Yeah, act- there's a guy named Shannon. He started this thing called Hell's Basement. I've only been there once, though. Right. But um. But it, it's like... Yeah, he's... It's a comedy club, and it's always a comedy club. It's a comedy club, and he does trivia nights as well. So is this kind of both, just to kind of like try to keep his um, right, just to keep his head above water, right? And uh, there's that, but other than that, there's just like monthly steady shows. Like there's a L'Entrepreneuria, which uh, I often host uh, at the University of Moncton during the winter, during the university. Do like a monthly open mic in French at the Plan B, right? So that and that one is pretty steady as well. I always find that, that one is, I I always find that hard, man. When they're doing comedy in a pub, where you know there's like a guy just wants to come and drink his sorrows away at the end of the night. He doesn't want to listen to people here. making him fucking happy and laugh. And the other guy just yeah, wants I had to that play. At the igloo. That's why, like, I moved it from the Igloo to the Plan B, because I know Plan B, it's like a, it's a small hipster bar. So I knew that the people going there would just go there for the comedy, and that's what's been happening. Like, the place has been uh, from packed to almost packed every time. Yeah. To the the most that I had was half packed. And... It's the least that I had was half packed, and I've never had really any problems at all with uh, anybody like just walking in, just wanting that random drink. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's super respectful. The bartenders are super respectful. Yeah. Um, like the bartenders will whisper during the show. Wow. Like to anybody, they'll try to make as least noise as they can. They don't want to disturb the show. Right. Um, they'll turn off the lights. The sound is great. Yeah. Um, the like, and the ceilings are low as well, which is great. It's like super, super great uh, for that. So, so I don't have that anymore. At the igloo, I had that. Like I had the back half was just people, the regulars that didn't want to hear it, and right. they wanted to take over the bar as we did our comedy show. Yeah. And it was like kind of like a fight. There was one guy though. It, there was this one night. It was like there was a lot of people there, and like half of them were there just to drink, and the other half really wanted to see the comedy show. And I had this new guy. And you know when a new guy says, I won't say his name for this, but you know when a new guy says, um, hey, I, I'm looking to do comedy, would you give me a spot? I'm like, sure, prepare five minutes. Oh, no, man, I can do an hour. I've never done comedy before. No, but at parties, I make people laugh for hours at, on end. <laughs> oh, man, okay, this is not going to go well. <laughs> this is. I need an hour at least. I'm just gonna tell you. He made this promotional video on Facebook. He's like, I make a promotional video telling people to come. Like, sure. He starts like speaking like this fast voice, like the ta ta ta, and he just, whereas you can't really understand what he says, and he just this like crazy eyes and talks in this really high pitched, quick face, fast paced voice. Yep. And I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna do this the whole time. And that's exactly what he did. This was, it was so, if you wanna know how bad it was, like the people in the back that just wanted to talk and like drown the comics, this was so bad that the whole place, and it was like a big enough place, the whole place was extremely quiet. It was as quiet as could be. That's how bad it was. It was so bad that people just stopped drinking and looked over to see what the hell is going on here. The only laugh it got was like my friend Marcel, who was laughing hysterically because he heard somebody say, what the fuck am I watching right now? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody said that. Like the guy wasn't even speaking in the mic. But you could still hear him in the back because it was like so fucking quiet in that place. He wasn't even speaking in the mic. He was waving his arms around. Oh. Like it was. Yeah. And I've never wanted. Like I told, I had Roger host, and I'm like, go on stage. I'm like, get him out. <laughs> I was like, he's not done. I'm like, I don't he's care. Done. He's done. Get him he's off done. The stage, like, just go. Roger steps on the stage. His girlfriend, he's filming it, and she's waving Roger to go away because she's filming her boyfriend. He's not done. She's enjoying it. <laughs> she's just as oblivious as he is. Oh no! And then I've never wanted a cane to yank somebody out of off a stage so much like that. Guy was so horrible. He set the bar so low <laughs> that nobody can go there and do a worse job than him. <laughs> so the rest and of the like, night went really well after he got off stage. <laughs> I went on stage and he started like commenting. He he was enjoying my jokes, right? And he was like commenting on every one of my jokes like really loudly. 
you know, like a con, like a sports commentator. Oh my God, he just hit the goalpost. Did you see that? Well, he was like doing that with my jokes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just like. And Marty's off to another well-rounded joke. He came in with an opener and he rounded it off. He cycled back to some of the things he said at the first. Like, oh my god! Brought them back in again. Way to go, Marty! Like, (laughs) yeah, I did. Now you need. And I just like I just looked at him and I I pointed him like I looked him right in the eyes and I started pointing my finger at him and I'm like, look. I almost said, I said so close during whatever the fuck it is you did here. <laughs> I didn't say that part, but I almost said it. Oh, man. But you're going to need to shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> and like, in that guy, like a huge laugh. Like, I blasted him. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I know when I basically told him to shut the fuck up, yeah. it got a huge laugh. Yeah. <laughs> People love me, like, kind of roasting him. And it was, and he did shut up, but if he didn't shut up, I was just going to start roasting what he had just done on stage right in front of him. And, (laughs) and just, and then afterwards, like, this is the thing about self-awareness afterwards is like, oh man, I really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. And then he sends me a Facebook message, man, I want to do it again. I'm like, okay, well, like, first off, how how do you think it went when you were there? <laughs> when you write, said, when you oh, write, said, like for the first half to two thirds, I, I really had him, you know, I really had him. And then I know I kind of went into my own little world. I'm sorry about that. But you know, at the start, I really had him. And I just said, you know, like not, not just at the start, but during the whole, they were eating. Thing, you had no one. They were no eating. One, nobody had any idea what was going on. Oh, Nobody yeah. could understand a word you were saying. <laughs> you didn't have any jokes prepared. All you decided to do was talk in a funny voice. Like, did oh, you see God. everybody else that went on stage? They, they had stuff prepared. You had nothing prepared. Nothing at all. Nobody enjoyed your... Like, no... Like, this is how bad it is. Like, two weeks later, people were still talking about it. Here's the question. Like, it was... Next time, just like pull him aside and be like, "Look, when you're writing your jokes at home, is it in front of your mom? Because she's no, no, she's that's what I she's told gonna like, laugh." You basically went on stage and you thought you were at a party entertaining your friends. You were not. Like I gave him like bullet points like that. Marcelo said I was too harsh with him. I'm like he's not realizing how bad that was. Like I cannot have that on the stage people are gonna stop coming i know it's an open mic it's open oh, no. for everybody i know I'm it's not against having like a bad comic trying to work things out i'm not against that it's the exact but when you exact same thing in music too in any music event i've any open mics that i've hosted or been to there's always like there's someone up there that sounds like a cat dying like ugh. And, and they are sitting up there and the guitar is out of tune and their feet are tapping the floor off beat and they yeah they think they're they think they're the next uh yeah the next Celine or something yeah and whenever i ask him i'm like how do you think it went up there like i saw a guy he had like a joke against uh, about the um uh, the rainbow parking lots, uh, not parking, yeah, crosswalks, you know, like a, for yeah. gay pride. Yeah. 
and he wanted to do a joke about that and he basically he messed it up he messed up the first line <laughs> and he was like ah shit this makes me sound like a homophobe and then because he messed up his first line i just saw his face turn white and then he said his next line and he fucked his next line even more now he looks like a racist homophobe <laughs> <laughs> and like people are you're you're not gonna have him back and i'm like I saw him turn white. He wanted to puke. And then he just like plowed through his set. Yeah. And I just went up to him. And I knew in his face. I saw the look on his face. He fucked up. He knew he fucked up. He wanted to walk off stage. But he just kept plowing uncomfortably and awkwardly. And I'm like, I want to have him again. Because he realized he fucked up. And he felt really bad about it. Yeah. I didn't need to tell him he fucked up. He knows he fucked up. That's the difference. I just came up to him and I just said, what did you learn? That's <laughs> that's that's the difference like, between him and that other guy, right? Like, you know, yeah. he, he turned white. He almost threw up. The other guy thinks he's the king shit, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like his, it was like, you know, like people forgot about it. You know, like his yeah. little bomb. People forgot about it. The other guy was so bad. People were are still talking about it today. <laughs> I'm still talking about it today. <laughs> Man, like it's I. This is this is not the worst part. The guy who was bad. Do you want to know the worst part? Afterwards, the next day, well, he put his set on Facebook. But here's how he put the video of his set on Facebook. He actually filmed his girlfriend's cell phone playing his video. What? And then he put that like he. He wasn't able to take the video from his girlfriend's cell phone and put that directly on Facebook. No, he filmed his from, from the phone girlfriend's oh phone. Okay. <laughs> and then put the film of the film playing on his girlfriend's phone on Facebook. Wow. And you know what though? Like eating a bag of dicks on stage is like it's all part of it. It's it's, it's all part, part of it. Part of growing. I ate a whole bag of dicks on stage. It absolutely is, and that's how you learn. I did it in L- um, in uh, in Los Angeles, in L.A. I went to this uh, a comedy night that I got invited to, and uh, fuck, man, I had I had a whole new five minutes. I had it down like a science. Like I had it down. I had every breath. <gasps> And this is where I breathe out. And this is where I breathe in. And then these are the words I say. Like, I had it down. And we walk in, and some fucking basketball game was playing. And the bartenders have basketball game on every TV screen. Not one human in the bar was there for comedy. They were all there to see the basketball game. And they made me go up during the basketball game. So I'm standing on stage and I'm just dropping gold, gold after gold, and I'm getting crickets. Like the whole, not one set of eyes. Like even my friends who I brought with me to come watch and laugh, their eyes are all glued to this basketball game. <laughs> so like wow. I didn't I didn't have one set of eyes looking at me. Not one laugh. The whole 5 minutes went by. I'm like longest 5 minutes of my life awkward um, weird i have uh, i have a but, similar story this that, was for a guy he had the idea of uh, booking two comedians it was roger that told me about this so right he he asked roger roger told me he wanted two comedians to do each 20 minutes 
um, to entertain teachers for the end of school party. Oh. Which is at the, um, like, I was like, is not necessarily at the bar. You remember where the um, Cosmo was? Uh, the old Cosmo? Cosmo, yeah, the old Cosmo club. Yep. Yeah, you know, like, there's, so there's, like, two levels. Oh, yeah. Right, so it, it was there, so it was on the stage there. Like, there's a stage there, and they have, like, some concerts there. Yep. So it was there, and, like, all the teachers, like, they just finished school that day. It was their last day of school. Now it's night, and they want to basically download all the frustration from the whole school year from those little kids that they've been teaching about they want to download the ones that have been getting on their nerves the teachers have been getting on their nerves like you know like they want to like just download and release all that stuff like that tension has been building in that Mm -hmm. whole school year they just want to download that so they are drinking and they're talking amongst each other yeah all heated conversations okay and then i just looked at the organizer i'm like i don't think these people want a comedy show I don't think it's a good idea. And he was paying us, uh, me and Roger, this is like only like a, this was like three years ago, I think. No, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. 2016, yeah. Um, and uh, he was only paying us like each $50. That's what it was. I'm like, I don't think these people want a comedy show. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'll go up there. I'll make the announcements. And then... Uh, all right, so he goes there and makes the announcements. Nobody is listening to him. They're just, like, speaking louder to drown him out <laughs> as he's making the announcements. <laughs> then he presents me. And, like, it, like and this, this guy has, like, no stage presence at all, too, so that didn't help. So he presents me. I go there. I grab the mic. Nobody is listening to me. The louder I talk, the louder they talk. <laughs> I was supposed to do 20 minutes. I walked out. Yeah. Of the stage after eight minutes. Yeah. Why I just do, walked out. Why do you want to like, waste your breath and energy, man? At that point, it's like for, because and, when, for 50 when I started bucks, talking, like, like oh. the few people that were close to the stage, they started to walk away from the stage. They all went like on the upstairs part. Like people were just going like further away from the stage as they could. Right. And then Roger went on. They kind of listened to Roger. So Roger did like some of them, like if for the first few minutes they were actually listening to him and then the he he just lost them but he he did get them a little bit like but i got like nothing nothing at all like for eight minutes and it was the longest eight minutes i just like walked out uh, i just like i then i like noticed okay my gut feeling if I say before a show, these people don't want a comedy show. These people do not want a comedy show. It's easy. Like, it's easy to tell, like, right away. You can tell when they're paying attention and when they're not. And yeah. it's not always... You can have the best hype man in the world go out and the best stage hype artist get everybody going yeah. and the best opening act get everybody going. But it, if they're not in that mood, you know, you got to be going... That's why I was asking you earlier if there's an actual comedy club now to go perform where people know for sure this is what's going to happen. We're all coming here to laugh. Yeah, not yeah, some the of us. Is that. Not some of us are coming to drink and get hammered, and some of us are going to laugh. No, we're all coming to laugh. 
And then there's that respect. No, he makes like he has a fee at the door. There's a password. It's kind of sketchy. It's <laughs> like you go in through the subway, and there's like a door. You ring a doorbell. You hear somebody slowly coming up the stairs with heavy footsteps. <laughs> you open the door. They ask you what the password is. <laughs> then I'm just like, well, I don't know because I didn't really check the Facebook event. But here's my ten dollars. It's like good enough. <laughs> and then brings you down and you're just like in the basement of the subway and but it does like weed out like people walking in like who just want to like talk during the show or whatever like it does weed that out so you cannot have a bad set in there yeah basically it's like one of those clubs like it's yeah. a it's a comedy club where I like if you bomb you it, it's all on you yeah yeah. It's really all on you. You can't blame anything. It's, uh, yeah, like the like actual comedy clubs. That that's how it is. Like if you bomb, well, that's all on you. You can't. You can only blame the crowd if they laughed at nobody. But if they laughed at some, but not at you, it's you. Man, that's so. Fuck, dude. A couple months ago, like I haven't written. I haven't written any more comedy since like 2015 since i left los angeles that's like the last i don't know it just kind of faded away it just became a thing i don't do anymore and i wasn't getting booked or anything anymore and i kind of stopped trying and i stopped doing music too because i was getting more into yoga and doing this yoga stuff but a couple months ago i was just sitting here and all of a sudden it just fucking hit me like a ton of bricks and i just got like hit with what the hippies would call a download or like the new age people would call a download that you get from like another entity from the stars from like uh outer space aliens or some shit right and i just started getting this like this comedy download and i just had to stop what i was doing and get out a notepad and start fucking typing away and in like no time i had written like a five to a ten minute piece and it just hit me out of the blue, out of nowhere. And I, and I, it didn't matter what I had to do that day. I just had to sit down and type this shit out and then hum and haw over it a few times and kind of perfect it. But it was fucking funny too. And like, I don't always like make myself laugh like as much as I did this time, but I was rolling around laughing and I'm like, okay, this means something. Like, what does it mean? Does this mean like I have to like get back out there again? And then I started to question. I think, I think you should try it. I think you should. Yeah, but my memory is is kind of fucked right now. Like I can't remember things. And people say, yeah, "Oh, you just gotta week. you just gotta practice." And and uh, they say you just gotta practice. But like I'm saying, songs that I've been singing for ten years are gone. Like they're just gone. And people say, "Oh, we just gotta practice in rehearsal." I've been rehearsing these songs for ten years, and now they're just gone. They're just not there anymore. And it's the same with with writing new comedy. Like part of it's there, but then half of it'll be missing. And the same with new rap songs that I write. Some of it's there, most of it's all gone though. Like I can write it, I can read it off the screen really well. And then I'm like, man, maybe I should just be a comedy writer, because then I don't have to remember shit. I can just write some funny things for other people to have to remember. Which, which <laughs> would be, the, which to would be, be honest, nice. like that's not, not a bad idea. 
um, per se. Like, so it's really not, you know. It's because um, a lot of times, like, I will get my ideas from other people. Like, some sometimes some something. I'm like, oh my god, can I use that? And you know, like, or I can like relate myself to it. And sometimes that works. Sometimes that doesn't. But same thing as like my own thoughts. You know, sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, like there's a few. There's a few things that I've uh, taken from. Uh, it's like something that some that someone said at a party. Like uh, there was this one time I was uh, I was at a party at um, at Natalia's house and he had he had brought out an extension cord and it was like extremely long and his brother asked him like wow that's a fucking long extension cord and right away he says his brother says Costco and then he said. Notice, like, every time somebody says they got something at Costco, like, anytime somebody buys something from Costco, they have to tell you it came from Costco. I'm like, oh, my God, that is so true. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and then it says they're all sort of the bitch about the parking at Costco. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so true. I'm like, and I (laughs) I slap from you. He doesn't do comedy. He's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. And there's another story that I also used from, well, actually, Nathan, the one who brought all the engine. Like, there's a story from when he was a kid. Um, and I've just implemented this little piece in one of my stories. Like, I don't, like, obviously, like, I change a lot of stuff around. That's what a lot of comics do. Um, you know, like, we take something, some things are going to be 100% true, some things are just going to be like 40% true, and it's like extremely true. Created. But um, there's a story like when he was a kid, he put his finger on the stove, he burned it. He was like standing there crying with his finger in the ear. His mom come, he, she hears him crying. She comes running. He's like, "What happened?" He said, "I burned myself." She asked him where, and then he says, "Right here." And then he puts his finger back on the stove <laughs> where it burns. <laughs> and I used, I, I say like, I just say a story. The way that I use that story is, I say like kids the parents today see the kids are smart but no they're not i witnessed a four-year-old put his finger on the stove and blah 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 then i just yeah. like tell that story yeah like as if i witnessed a four-year-old doing that right but i didn't right. you know i just and that, I, I just kind of like took that, his story that's fine too you know, man that, that's like that that's fine i tell them i i tell them like you know like i use that but it's all about too like like the comic like yeah you'll always be inspired by some yeah build it you know because like you know i say oh the parents today see your kids are smart like you know like that thing and um you know so like you kind of get inspired by by that and uh like the costco thing what i did is i was asked to do I don't really do this joke anymore. I use the Costco thing now for something different, but um, but the way that I first used the Costco thing is, uh, you know, like a, I had to do a show that was themed my first time. So it's obviously like our mind goes like, to, oh, like the first time you have sex. <laughs> and like I say, like, you know, like it's like the one thing you won't, don't warn you about is like the first time you get naked in front of a girl, you know, you super uncomfortable like i didn't know if my penis was okay or not because the only one that i had seen 
like when I was a kid, you know, Ron Jeremy's. And if you don't know who Ron Jeremy is, he's the guy who had a penis that looked like something you'd get at Costco. But you know he didn't get it at Costco because ever knows when somebody gets something at Costco, they have to tell you they got it at Costco. <laughs> and, you know, so that's how that's how I use that line. You know, so it's uh, it's the building. Yeah. Of the. Like sometimes, like I'll I'll hear something that's a great punchline. So how can I use? How can I get to that punchline? It's like that's a part of the art. It's not about the punchline. It's how you get to it. Getting there. It yeah. makes it funny. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, like I couldn't. Uh, with me, I'd never. I don't get inspired when I'm at home by myself. I don't get inspired when I'm watching a movie or anything. Like, I get inspired when I'm out in the world, when I'm out just being silly old me that I am and saying weird, wacky, fucked up shit that I say to people. So I need to, like, keep myself out in the world. I need to force myself to go out and talk to people and get into, like, situations with other people because, like, I don't just come up with the shit on my own. It just kind of... Something happens that it sparks that. You know, like you'll have a conversation with a cashier somewhere who will say something about, I don't know, a certain kind of tree in her backyard. And they're like, oh, I've got something funny to say about that. And then it all comes out. So, yeah, like that, absolutely. Like you have to you have to live and experience to find humor. Yeah. You know, like it comes out from it comes out from from everything. And think i like the line that like there was a somebody like you know like there's floods right now in fredericton oh yeah um, and oh, yeah. uh there was somebody who basically went on the corner street that was flooded and you just see you don't see his face you just see him with a bucket and rubber boots and a fishing rod and he's fishing on the corner of the street and that street in yeah. fredericton yeah and some people found it funny. Some people found it offensive. How is that offensive? I was making fun of the flood. But here's oh. the thing about comedy. Comedy, usually, like, if you listen to pretty much, like, every punchline, it's usually a joke made out of something horrific. Like a, like a horrible experience, an uncomfortable experience, something uncomfortable, something bad happening. It's never about... Jokes are rarely about a happy moment. No. It's usually... No. A, about something that's uncomfortable and like i i use humor as my deflection to deflect when i want to like get out of a certain topic or a certain situation i'll just somehow a joke will come out and make fun of and when it's a serious serious situation and everybody's frowning and everybody's getting all angry that's when the jokes start coming out of me right you know it's those times when it's like jay I don't want to hear that right now. Like, this is serious. And I can't see through their serious eyes because my brain snaps over into, like, comedian mode when shit gets serious. And, I'm, and you know, and it's that time when you're, like, you step back and you're, like, become present in the moment right now and just kind of, like, have a little meditation. And you're, like, wow, y'all are freaking out over some nothing. If you could just step aside and see things through my comedian eyes for a sec, you would realize that... All this drama and melodrama that you're going through, it's bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. In another 10 minutes, none of this is going to have any meaning. 
over our lives. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's kind of I'm kind of same way, like something uncomfortable. Like I don't deal well with someone crying or when someone is sad about someone dying. Like you're all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not I I just like if like if somebody's there and they're sad, I'm like what joke can I do right now? You know, like it's it, it's like a weird like I get extremely uncomfortable and nervous like when people are sad or upset yeah i'm like like oh what what joke can i do right now like i i I don't even i don't even think that i would even say like what oh what joke oh i know do the joke about i see that i see that in my head yeah yeah i'm like what joke can i do right now that can maybe cut this tension and sometimes it's just like you shouldn't be making a joke right now marty like (laughs) this person just like lost their uncle and you're just like well <laughs> uncles like, who need I, who needs them anyways right <laughs> am i right <laughs> like don't like don't you have others left like like <laughs> you know like something like that you know like you'll find a humor in that the other people will be like extremely offended and i'll say something like that <laughs> <laughs> who needs them anyways <laughs> like you know like just oh god yeah and uh and at the same time, you're not thinking like, "Oh, I'll do the joke about my left shoe." Like, you're not thinking like that. No, 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 no. Something quickly, about, like, quickly can come. I say funny about this situation right here, right now. Yeah. Can cut this ten. Cut the tension. Yeah, and it, that that's all I want to do. I just want to cut the tension with humor, like right away. And it's just like inappropriate. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, it's, laughter is the best medicine. It's the best way yeah, to put it everyone. Yeah, is. Like, oftentimes I don't do the joke, but I'm just like the wheels. Like, the hamster starts spinning the wheel yeah. and starts looking for jokes to make about the dead uncle that yeah. this person is crying about. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just trying to hold it together and say I'm sorry and just like end it at that. Like, I'm I'm trying really hard. And trying but to at keep the same time <laughs> in the back of, the in the back time, of your mind. Say, Look, you still got you've got five of them. Okay, you <laughs> lost. You're gonna lose one eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and in the back of your mind, you're in like a room with your comedian buddies, and everyone is just roaring with laughter. <laughs> but in person, yeah, yeah. you're like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> well, the, the the one time that I was like able to <laughs> actually kind of do it and some people one time I was doing an open mic show and Roger's grandmother had died so he cancelled the show because his grandmother died and everyone I was coming to him like yeah Roger's not coming his grandmother's dead and everyone was like oh my god I'm like no don't like Roger's 50 how the fuck does he still have a grandmother like he's fucking 50 like how old was this woman yeah, like, you know, like grandmothers die by the time you're like 25 or most. Okay. Yeah. Like he had like next 25 to 30. And you guys stop being pity. And I kind of made it. I had made a joke about it, but it was like, um, it was basically based off somebody who was my age who actually wrote on Facebook. I can't believe my great grandmother just died. I'm like, fucking my age how the fuck did you manage to have a great grandmother 
and I just really wanted to write her on Facebook, but I didn't. But I do have like a joke about, like I'm not going to say, but I do have a joke about what I would have written and what people would have responded and what my response would have been to that. <laughs> You've got a whole So idea. like, yeah, I have a joke about that and it's... It either sometimes it kills and sometimes it gets chuckles, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess you gotta just like I just, feel it out and be like, do I want, do I want chuckles right now, or do I just want my friend to not feel bad about the death in their family? Well, here, here's the thing. Here's <laughs> what we notice: it gets great laughs when it's a younger crowd. Yeah, it gets hardly. It gets chuckles when the crowd is like over. It gets frowns when the crowd is like over 60 because they're close to that death. <laughs> like they're the ones that are closer to that to theirs. So they're like, that's fucking horrific. Like that's going to be me in a few years. Yeah. Like I'm going to be like, I'm already grandmother or a great grandmother. <laughs> I don't know, like, man. Um, fuck. It's a hard one, eh? Because like death is something that I have really wrapped my mind around like i've really thought long and hard about like what is death am i gonna be here am i not gonna be here do i fade do i go back to oneness with the universe like all the lsd trips that i've been on does it go back to that does it go does it just shut off like i've really put a lot of thought and i'm not afraid of dying i'm not afraid of death at all and because i've kind of like you know, I have like a good understanding of it and I've really like put some time and effort into thinking about it that when I hear about someone else, you know, and they're like, oh, their family member died um, and they want you to feel bad with them. That's where I kind of have a hard time. I'm like, yeah, yes, I'm like, exactly, yeah, but you know, you know, exactly. every, everyone, thing. Yeah. Like, eh, I want to feel bad with you, but you, you know what? Every, everyone dies. Like, you want to say that. You want to be like, yeah, but look, everyone dies. Like, I'm going to die. You're going to die. This dog's going to die. Your kid's going to die. And people just go into like freak out mode and they want to just shut down and like, no, 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 no. We can't think about other people dying. Like, some. Because, yeah, because this one person died as if it's something new and unique kind of like when somebody i think like for me i i feel the whole death thing a little bit like when somebody's pregnant you know yeah. like oh my god like i'm gonna be giving life and it's like everyone who's ever lived has been born like that like you're not doing something unique like it's not <laughs> like the world doesn't need to stop because you're having a baby okay like we've all been we've all we were all babies <laughs> in the world. Point, like everyone ever alive and none of our world history stopped. of the the world was a baby and was born like that so it's not something unique no big and, d no big d yeah it's and and they feel like they like they they want like the world to stop and they have like these now these gender reveal parties and it's just like jesus christ like nobody cares about you there they go there because they don't want to look like a dick well they want to go like for the free booze is what they want 
They want the the photo uh, the photo shoot. There's not really booze because the woman's pregnant. You can't really drink around her, and you have to like praise her because she's pregnant. Well, some, uh, something's going on. There's a photo shoot gonna happen. You're gonna get girl. some selfies are gonna be taken. Uh, something's going on to benefit the individual to make them feel like they were a part of it, and in some sense they yeah. become special because of it. Man, it's funny how much shit in this life is all comes back to someone just wants to feel special. Like people like have sicknesses now, people have diseases now, people have emotional traumas now just to feel special, just to set themselves out of the crowd. I'm not trying to say I, that I guess, everyone. Yeah, so I guess I'm kind of guilty of being that too because that's why I do comedy. I guess, but at least I'm giving a service in a way. Yeah, you're, but like you're, you're making people laugh. Like you're giving them entertainment, yeah. and you're actually funny. And they're going in there, and they know they're gonna laugh. And you get the, you know, you're creating a feeling. So like when you're giving something back, like initially, like it's not like, and you don't know if you're gonna get laughs tonight. So you really can't say like, oh, I'm doing this for myself. Watch me. I'm going to go inflate my ego tonight. Because you don't know. Maybe no one's going to laugh. Maybe it's... Yeah, so, shit. I forget what, what we were just saying. Well, we're talking about, like, uh, basically you were about, like, if I... Oh, and I... I was just basically saying, yeah, it's a two-way street. Like, uh, when I'm in front of an audience, like, the, they have to give yeah yeah and i have to give like it's a kind of like a thing like it, there's like an exchange right like, i have to have fun for them to have to have fun but if they're not having fun i'm not having fun right so it's i, I like, guess it's what, like the one thing what, what i was getting at was that you're not going in there just for you like it, it's never going to work out that way you can't be like oh no, I, yeah. I do comedy to make myself feel better <laughs> it's like well <laughs> good luck tonight Hope everyone laughs, otherwise you won't be making yourself feel better. Yeah, it's kind of... I guess, like, if you're, if you're, like, a, if you think you're the team, it usually, that team usually fails. Right. Like, it's, like, that's the thing, but, like, that's, for me, like, being, like, a hockey guy, but, uh, yeah, like, this, like, I definitely see what you mean from that yeah yeah did the steam kind hmm. of like roll out from that battery dying I think it did the what the whole uh... <laughs> like the moment yeah we're on a good track dude fucking battery and like I just put a brand new battery in so we we killed we killed it uh it's been like an hour and a half we could probably cut it yeah, yeah, it's, it's been good. long. Yeah, it's, it's been long. I think you've got enough. Like, how you long were you looking? Though, whatever, whatever happens, happens, man. You're a good, you're a good conversationalist. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy those things. Like, whenever I go like on on like podcasts and stuff, I just like, it, it's like I learn stuff about myself. That's that's what's really awesome sometimes. And like you made me like realize a couple things too tonight about like it's uh, that's really cool. Like it was like I really super enjoyed it. Well, um, I know last time I did like an interview kind of theme, and I'm trying to get more away, I guess, from the interview 
way of doing it. Just have more like conversations with people, like having chats with your friends. And yeah, having conversations, but at the same time, you have to really, really like I like when I do that, I try to be conscious of like, okay, somebody might be listening to, to this, so I don't want to go like too inside. Like, you know what I mean? Like, two, um, two inside jokes Like, oh, oh, I saw so-and-so the other day. Oh, where did you... you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, have you seen... Like, have you, you seen should, my... You should see what they did at the park in Shidiac now. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Like, they, they got this... <laughs> They've got a new lobster. There's a new big lobster. <laughs> No, I yeah, they, well, they, they repainted it, man. It's like really good, and then, oh, about, you know, about there, there's this. Uh, but at the at the market, <laughs> but at the market, they've got a whole new gazebo. They got a new gazebo at the market. Yeah, yeah, they got toilets with individual rooms now. Flush. What were we doing? They're like, what were we doing before? They didn't even like. It's gender neutral, you know. You they don't care if you're man, woman, or trans. Like no matter what, you you just go in that bathroom and you do your thing. Do it. Get in. Get out. You know. That's it. Yeah. There's no. There's no. They're all. I think that's how bathrooms should be. Like that whole like, oh, like trans bathroom. Okay. It's like I... they, they've got they divided boys and girls. That's because of that. It's because the way the stalls are made are like fucking creepy. You know, I never... like you walk by a stall, you look through that crack, you can see exactly who's sitting on that toilet. Yeah. Right? And you got like that one foot clearance in Man, the bottom and like I three never... feet clearance on the top. I never That's... never I never understood why they had to be separated. Ever since I was like a little kid, I have no idea why. They gotta yeah. be split up. Why? Why one goes here and one goes there? Yeah, just oh. like just modify the stalls so you don't you have you don't have that crack and you don't have that clearance in the bottom and the top. So then, it's when you close that door, you're completely alone in there. Well, like how like much privacy it. do you need? I don't mind if someone's peeking through a little bit. You just like you keep it like for people like me who don't really like to pee in front of other people. <laughs> you know, like just get rid of that crack, and then you know what? Like have whoever go in whatever washroom. Is it sometimes you go to an event and like there's more? Like how many times have you went to like uh, sometimes like a nightclub and the line up to the girls' bathroom is like super long and the guys one you can just walk in or like sometimes like there's some places like some sporting events like you're like you can just walk in the girls washroom and there's lineups in the guys ones yeah like, you know what i mean that's where like that weird individual split and it's like well you could like get rid of so much traffic if like every it would be anybody in whichever well right yeah I don't know. It's hard to say what makes girls have to pee more <laughs> in those situations. Um, like, yeah, like, but there's some events that a lot of men go to more men than women, 
and there's some things that more women go to than men and mm -hmm. then it just like causes like a lot of traffic in one bathroom and hardly any in the other yeah don't forget Being like a guy the, like, a guy will pee outside though like a guy can go out and you're out away from the venue or whatever you're doing and you go out for a smoke or go out to your car or something and a guy will just like whip it out and piss anywhere so there's a lot of that yeah. going on guys are just cool with peeing everywhere outside and that kind of leaves their washrooms a little more empty inside i'm glad yeah, we're getting it's... i'm glad we're getting to the bottom of this very important subject yeah, it's a very important... I just think that it should be, like, an anybody... But... An anybody thing. Man, from... Let's, like... Just modify the stalls. Yeah. Do, you don't even gotta... I don't even know if you gotta modify them. I think we just gotta change the sign on the front to say, like, a man and a woman can come in. That's it. Or take the sign no, off like completely. Just put the word washroom. How about that? Not even a stick man. You don't even need well, that. Well, just... A, no, it's basically, like, that clearance that just to, like... Because you know there's going to be, like, some perv looking on top or on the bottom, right? Yeah, there's always some perv. That That's the thing. That's what's going to ruin it. That That's why it's individual. It's because there's, like, some perv that just ruins it for everybody. Do and you now think, do you think though, for real? washroom or the other because of that one perv. But do you think okay? that's why it was divided in the first place? Was because of some perv? Or do you think that... No, I think it's because the Catholic Church. You know how they are. Right. Those, I think that's Catholics. where it goes to. That's where it origins. They were like the first, like super crazy about like dividing men and women, and then like the Muslim religion. I know they're like even more extreme. Whereas like a woman has to wear like a certain a veil and stuff, <laughs> and like you can't show an ankle or else you get flogged in public. You, you gotta wear a certain outfit on a certain day. Yeah, and you gotta follow your man within ten feet. Like, ah, uh, too many steps. It's like, uh, are you recording this right now? Oh yeah. You are okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> just, just, just so you know, if you are recording this, I just wanna, I just wanna say, like, I know nothing about the Muslim religion whatsoever. Like, I... it's so if somebody gets mad or offended at what I said, just like, oh. I'm in. I know nothing about it. But <laughs> disclaimer. Hashtag disclaimer here at the end. <laughs> but still, like, I can't, I can't understand someone who is, like, defending Muslims and who's also a women's right activist at the same time. I can't understand that. Because you're gonna have to if read. you're someone who violates women's rights more than, like, in Saudi Arabia... Are they Muslims there? I don't know. I don't, that's how uneducated. <laughs> man, you need, to read, you need to read a little book. Get yeah, some, I, uh, I can't read, man. I, but, I just can't. I just know that Saudi Arabia scares the shit out of me. Just don't... Uh, if you do or say the wrong thing. Because there was... That's, the, that's a place where there was a blogger who basically said he blogged in Saudi Arabia as to how the Muslim religion is bullshit. And he got 10 years prison and 1,000 lashes. Right. Because you can't go to another country and talk shit about them, basically. No, he, he was from that country. Well, you're not allowed to be in that country either and talk shit about them. 
Um, yeah, it's he got that and that and his wife and children. I think the uh, they're refugees in Canada, I believe in Quebec. But it's like and they what they like for the lashes. What they do is like every week they walk you to the market. Tie you to a pole, give you fifty lashes in front of everybody, and then walk you back. Yeah. And like people watch it like it's a show, like that, like that fucking freaks me out. That freaks me out. And like as a woman, if you're raped, it's your fault. You're jailed and you're a flop. Like that fucking freaks me out. Yeah, it but just like I've I've studied enough uh, different religions that I know that shit gets twisted. Like, people find the most, they'll find any little loophole or they'll try and read it as literal as possible. They'll just try and find something that resonates with them, causing pain and anger and hate, and they'll twist it. And it doesn't have to be uh, a Muslim religion. Uh, it can be any any religion at all. And I have, like, Muslim friends. I have white Muslim friends. And they're just the most beautiful, loving, kind people I've ever met. So... Yeah, I, like, I, know I haven't it, met anybody that's Muslim in Canada it's who's all, like, um, who basically wants to like, uh, like, will basically like do you any harm? Like, they're the, they're the nicest people. Mm. Like, I haven't met personally like anybody in Canada who is Muslim who is basically like ha- has any like fucked up thoughts about like flogging a woman or like if she's raped you know what i mean but like i know in the country it's fucked up like in saudi arabia so i'm not saying like all muslims are like that but i'm just saying like in saudi arabia it i would never go there it just freaks me out like you look at you look at people who are like Catholics in Canada, like everybody who says they're Catholic, they're all like Catholic in theory. Like they don't practice anything in the Bible. Like they'll still masturbate, you know. Like they'll still have premarital sex. Mm-hmm. They won't like just eat fish on Sunday. You got like the few here and there that are like <laughs> extreme, <laughs> but they're like so little in numbers that they don't have any effect on it on anything, you know. Yeah. It's like a, a thing, like it kind of like disappeared, type of thing, like the whole Catholic thing. It, it it's still like un, it's like underwritten. It's like the layer beneath it all. It's all still like interwoven into the fabric of society with with Catholicism, anyways, and really screwing people up. Like to this day, people will still like refer back to like old old sayings. Like you were just saying about like masturbating, like don't play with it or you'll go blind. You know these nah, were that's saying old people. these no, were that's old people. Old people, yeah. That. Like, but that shit gets. Like, I haven't. It gets handed I down. I haven't met a fifteen-year-old who tried to like sell me a Bible. You know. Oh, you haven't met the uh, the Mormons then that come come a knocking. Well, Mormons is not Catholic. See Mormon that they're kind of that's uh what it's that's that's their just own just over a hundred years old. They're their own thing there, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of their own thing. I think they're just over a hundred years old or something like that. Hey, I just sent you a link. I don't know if you're gonna get it on your Facebook. I just sent you a link to a news article that popped out that was hilarious that I wrote down. A little boy got stuck 
in the claw machine. You know the machine that you use the claw and you get the stuffed animal out, and it, the, yeah. it always it always slips out of the claw. The little boy crawled up through the hole and got up inside. So there's a flap where the toy comes out, and he realized that's where it comes out. So he crawled in through the hole, and then the flap closed behind him, and he crawled right up inside with all the toys and the claw and everything. And he's in that little room. And then, uh, where was this? In Florida. And his parents had to call 911. Well, the fire department showed up and they had like four or five firemen getting him out of here. And he ended up like taking some toys with him anyways. <laughs> so it's like, that, that's the thing. His, like when, his plan worked. this is the thing, like when that kid got in that machine, he wasn't freaking out. He was like excited because he was like amongst all those little stuffed animals. Like, oh, he was excited. He was like, I got my pick of anything I want yeah, here. I can take whatever like, I want. He was, he was happy. You he should see this, the smile on his face. Yeah, he's like the happiest kid I've seen in a long time. He's right in there with all the, the stuffies. Plus props to him. He's got this story now for the rest of his life. That's it. That's like, it. That's, like I'm actually jealous. Like I would love to have that story. Yeah, it crawled in one of those claw machines, got stuck in it. They had to call the fire department so, and the police to get me out. But I got that toy. You know, like, let's, I would let's, love that story. Let's allude this back to life. So life is like a claw machine, and you just got to find that little hidden flap and crawl in the hole and get your toy. That's the metaphor that we're going to take from this episode. Life is like a claw machine. No, that's a bad metaphor. <laughs> find, the hu- find the humor, Marty. Find the humor. <laughs> I mean, that's a super bad one. That's like extremely bad. Like that's that's why you do too many hallucinogens, <laughs> smoke too much weed. There's never too much. And it's hey, like I'm, that, it's, it's it's frying your brain. It's no, I'm. Your brain just, I have cut it back, dude. I I take cannabis once a month now sometimes twice a month i don't smoke it anymore i just eat it and uh yeah it's doing i'm doing a weed fast so in even when i eat it i'm not like eating like you know a a joint worth i'm just eating like a couple little drops with some coconut oil and uh all right it's been here's a metaphor i'm gonna use okay so if you have a car and you keep revving that engine to like 4500 rpm Right. For like eight years, and now you say, "Oh well, now I'm not revving it anymore." Yeah, but that doesn't like fix the damage that was done like the eight years previous. <laughs> Just because you're it depends right now. It depends what car you have there, sir. <laughs> is this a BMW or is this a Honda Accord? <laughs> like, okay, like I'm happy you're not burning as many brain cells now as you were before. Oh, thank you, thank you. However, <laughs> uh... it's not gonna bring those old ones back, Jason. No, and I don't want those old ones back because those were bad brain cells. Those had absolutely no purpose in my life. They never got me any further, so I don't really need those. I'm happy they're gone. Man, uh, I think our time's about up. Where can people find you? What do you got coming up next in the next like month or so? You can, you can find out what I have next by going to my Facebook page, which, is, which is Martin Sony, Comedian. Uh, my shows are always posted up there every single month and sometimes as they go on. So that's M-A-R-T-I-N, so Martin. And Sonia is a French-Canadian name, so that's S-A-U-L-N-I-E-R. 
and you might as comedian. And you just look at a picture of me with an old man, gray hat, and、um, wearing black, and smiling really awkwardly. As in, well, I guess I have like that. You're stuck with me. Look on my face, <laughs> on the Facebook picture. <laughs> like、uh, that's pretty much that. That's what that. That's how you find me. That's how you find、There's、me. That, oh, you can also add me on the regular Facebook. I'm basically I'm just holding a mic and I have my hand holding steady as if I'm making a point.、That's、yeah. Oh, so that's how that, it is. I'm saying saying all the drugs, kids. Is that like a real shot, or you just did like a photo op there? Because that's what comes up on my phone when I called you here. That whole image. Which so, one? The one with the hand standing out? Yeah, you're, you've got a hand out, and you've got the mic directly beneath your chin. Yeah,、Looks、no,、really、that's、good. a real. That's a real shot. That's not a headshot. That's a, that was during a real show. Man, it's like you're in the room with me right now. Yeah, yeah. There、it's、you like, go. That's、like、right I、here. love that picture. That was actually in Bathurst. Right. Love、on. that picture. Cool. All right, dude. It's been a blast, man. Thanks for being here. Man, it was a blast. Yeah, yeah let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again, real soon. Real soon. Yeah, and I want to say to anybody who wants to do this show, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you can tell them that with your own、uh, words when you、uh, when you share it when you share it with everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as this comes up, you know, just send me the link. I'll post it up. For sure, dude. Thank you so much for being here. Alright, thank all you right. very much. Alright, see you later, man. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey yo, welcome to Beyond the Mat, where it's all about the things and stuff. It's like this and like that, sitting in a lotus seat. We breathe deep from our heads to our feet till we feel inner heat. A little bit of rhythm for your soul, stretching out your minds from your head to your toes. We in our flow state. We don't know no hate. We end up feeling great though, so we correlate. Coil snake gonna rise, sunshine. We take our time to appreciate divine grace. It takes place in a pace in the inner states, from a country road down to the inner state. We contemplate this. We here to make this. We here to break this. But we never fake this. We never hate kids. We in the love vibe. Me and my whole tribe. We gonna try to be fly with the sunshine. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Just vibe. Taking time to design what is mine, what is yours in the course of a force, but we never skip the chores. We skip the course. We hit.